Welcome back for day five of this week to our look of the book of Psalms, Psalm 10, we're going to be looking at today. In Psalm 9, we looked at yesterday, the enemy was attacking from without. In Psalm 10, the enemy attacks from within. Psalm 10, 1, why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? This is a psalm for those times when you feel like God is far away. And especially in this psalm, when you feel that God is far away because it looks like evil is winning. In verses 1 to 11 in Psalm 10, there's this sense that the wicked are thriving. We live in a world where bad things happen to good people. But even worse sometimes, we live in a world where good things happen to bad people. And that's what David is seeing here. In verse 2, in his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in his schemes he devises. He boasts of the craving of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there's no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. He is haughty and your laws are far from him. He sneers at his enemies. So all through these verses, down through verse 11, he's talking about how the wicked act and he's talking about what the wicked believe. And there's four phrases in these verses about what the wicked believe. First, in verse four, there's no room for God in his thoughts. He just doesn't have room to think about God. It's not that the wicked person here is an atheist or an agnostic. He's more an egotist. He's just focusing on himself. He hasn't even thought about whether he's an atheist or an agnostic. He's not even thinking about God. He's just thinking about his stuff, his his business, what he wants. I'll always be prosperous, he thinks. This is a person who's trusting in their riches. They're trusting in their riches so much that they don't even realize that God has given those riches. The second way that the wicked think here is they think they'll always be happy. They'll never have any problems. Verse six, he says to himself, nothing will shake me. I'll always be happy and never have any trouble. They're relying on their wealth, on the trappings that are around them, and they think nothing's ever going to go wrong in their lives. Now, obviously, they're wrong. They're going to face death like everybody else, but they fooled themselves. In verse 11, third thing that the wicked are thinking is God doesn't see what's going on. Verse 11, he says to himself, God has forgotten. He covers his face and he never sees. God doesn't even notice me. If he ever does think about God, he thinks that God is weak. God doesn't notice because of God's patience with the wicked. I mean, God obviously could have, in any of our lives, stopped our lives the moment we sinned the first time, but he doesn't. He's patient with us. He gives us time to come to him. And the wicked have confused that patience for weakness. And they think that God doesn't even see. They think, the fourth thing they think is that God's not gonna call them into account. In verse 13, why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me, into account. Because of the circumstances of their life, they're good circumstances. They've they've got a yacht. They've they've got a jet. They've got a nice house. They've got more than their parents ever could have hoped to have. Because of the circumstances of their lives, these wicked people have decided that they're never going to be called before God in his judgment. Now, it's easy. I've talked about the wicked all through this. It's easy to see this as some other person, but it's not too difficult to see how this wickedness has come into all of our hearts, how we've all allowed the busyness of our lives to crowd God out of our thoughts, or thought, I'm always going to be fine. God doesn't see what's happening right now. I'm never going to be called to account for this. 
If you can't see yourself amidst the wicked sometimes as you read through these verses, you've missed the truth of our human condition. You miss the truth of your own heart. But as followers of Christ, we begin to grow. We begin to change. And David began to have different values than the wicked. And that has happened maybe in your life. And you begin to grow and change. You let go of some of these beliefs, but you still see the wicked thriving. And that is what caused David to feel like God is far away. Why do you stand so far off? Why don't you come in and judge? So as you read through this psalm, you come against four truths to remember when God feels far away. If you're feeling that God is far away right now, here are the four truths you need to remember. Number one, God does see trouble and grief. He sees. Verse 14, but you, O God, do see trouble and grief. You consider it to take it in hand. Verse 17, you hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. The circumstances make you feel like God is not noticing. But circumstances don't last. Even if the circumstance lasts the rest of your life on this planet, that's the briefest time compared to eternity. God sees your trouble. He sees your grief. And he's considering it to take it to hand. The judgment that's come against those will come against those who have brought you that grief, but also the blessing that he's going to bring into your life. You recognize in the midst of what you're going through, God's seeing me right now. The second truth you recognize is God is the helper of the fatherless. Verse 14, the last half says, the victim commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. And then verse 18, defending the fatherless and the oppressed. God has a heart for those that the world ignores. God has a heart for those that are easily set aside. So the orphan, the widow, the fatherless, talked about again and again in scripture. Those who are fatherless feel like there's no one to stand up for them. God is the helper of the fatherless. And if you're feeling right now that there's no one to stand up for you in the circumstances you're facing and that evil is somehow winning, God is your father. He is the helper of those who feel that in this world, everything is empty for them. And he will, in the end, defend you. You can count on his defense. Third thing you can count on when you're going through this time of feeling like God is far away, you can count on the truth that God will call the wicked to account. Verse 15, break the arm of the wicked and evil man. Call him to account for his wickedness that would not be found out. Now, that's an interesting phrase, break the arm. It sounds like, wow, he's being pretty serious here. There's really a meaning behind that. It's not just, you know, like, like, you know, like a godfather kind of a thing. He's saying, take away his power. A person's arm had to do with their power. So when you say break the arm, it's take away the power of the evil. And you do this. You pray this kind of prayer. God's going to call the wicked into account with an eye on eternity, where God will call us all into account. I can trust him with that. You can trust him with that. And the place to live is in that place of trust. You could spend the rest of your life trying to make it right, trying to attain your own justice. That most often ends in frustration. Even if you get some measure of justice, it's not all that you deserve in this world. But more often than not, you don't get any measure of justice in this world. It's for the next. So you could spend the rest of your life trying to make it right, or instead, you could spend the rest of your life following a God of justice who will make it right someday, the one you can trust to make it right. God will call the wicked to account. You trust that when you feel that God is far away. 
You don't trust the circumstances that you see. You trust the promises that God has made, the truth that he has told you. He will call the wicked to account. He is the helper of the fatherless. He does see trouble and grief. And number four, you trust this truth. Trust it today. God is king forever. Verse 16 says, the Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. It's his land. He is king. Verse 18, he is the one who is defending the fatherless and the oppressed in order that man who is of the earth may terrify no more. God is king. You trust in the fact that he is in control. The circumstances are not king. That evil person is not king. God is the king. Now, did you notice how these four truths answer the lies that the godless are telling themselves at the beginning of this psalm? They say God does not see, but David recognizes the truth. God does see trouble and grief. He sees your trouble and grief, what you're facing today. The wicked say, God won't call me into account. David says, God does call the wicked to him into account. You're short-sighted if you miss that truth. The wicked are thinking there's no room for God in my thoughts. Nothing will shake me. But David says, no, God is king forever. Your circumstances are not king. God is the king forever. These are the truths that you trust when you feel like God is far away. Let's trust him right now. And in prayer, just say, God, I, I, even though I don't feel like it, I don't have the emotions maybe that go along with these truths, I trust these truths right now. I trust that you do see the trouble and grief that I'm in, the anguish in my soul or the trouble in my circumstances. You see it, and you're going to take it in hand. I'd like it to be today. I ask for it to be today. But whatever a day it is, I know that you see it and you're going to work. And God, I, I recognize the truth that you will call the wicked into account, that the evil that's being done, it will be judged someday. I can count on that truth because you are the helper of the fatherless. You care about those who are oppressed. You are working. You're working in this world to bring about justice. And in eternity, we will see the end of that story. You will reign in justice. And so today, God, I choose to trust the truth that you're the king. Not my circumstances, not that evil person, not even my emotions. You are the king. I trust you. In Jesus' name, I trust you. Amen. 